Howdy friends, Craig here. In this episode, Jamie Varney returns to the show and reveals why Rezzer players are so excited about Karai in Malifaux 3rd Edition. We hear all his secrets, including getting up to 10 activations a game out of Akirio. Non-Karai players will want to pay close attention or she will roll over you in the next matchup. Before we jump in, our friends at Gadzooks Gaming have a sweet offer for all of our U.S. and Canadian listeners. Now, Gadzooks Gaming has always been a big supporter of the third floor, as well as Malifaux and a ton of other games like Wild West Exodus, Dark Age, Frostgrave, and Legion. What makes it my favorite online retailer is the customer service and their amazing custom terrain and accessories. They are giving all of our North American listeners free shipping if you spend over $100 and use the promo code THIRDFLOOR, spelled out one word, T-H-I-R-D. Check them out at gadzooksgaming.com. All the details are in the show notes. The promo code is third floor. Now on to the episode. Do you have you found yourself killing friendly models to make sure that that happens and to keep the amount of summons uh, under control? What are some of the key, you know, core models that you find yourself always bringing in um, when you play in a Rami crew? Really, really quick way to get adversary out is to cruise missile one of these models in. I don't feel good about that win. My opponent doesn't feel good about that game. Not doing it anymore. You're never going to be short of something to do with her, whether that's up close, at range, whether that's summoning or healing and helping the crew. The damage that a three-inch hazardous terrain or in the middle of your crew can put out is not to be underestimated. Yeah, and how many wounds is she? Six wounds incorporeal, terrifying eleven. It's not bad. No, it's not bad. Not There's bad. plenty of healing in the crew. Tabletop Talk Broadcast. Craig here on the third floor. Today we're going to do a deep dive into the Resurrectionist Master Kirai and how the Urami crew works in Malifaux 3rd Edition. My guest is Jamie Varney. Now I've talked him into coming back after doing his great deep dive into Albus. And if you have not listened to that episode, you need to fix that soon. Just uh, grab it and take a listen. In that episode, he revealed why Albus may be one of the top tier masters for the faction. Now, he's one of the leaders of the Flippin' Weirds over there in the UK, and few will argue that Jamie is considered one of the best Resurrectionist players in the world. He's probably best known for exposing how nasty Nicodem was in 2nd Edition, which of course led to Weird hitting Nico hard with the nerf bat. So Jamie, welcome back to the third floor. Uh, what Masters have you been playing since we talked last? Hey Greg, thanks for having me again. Um, a few different things actually. I've actually mostly been playing Neverborn since we last spoke as a little bit of a project going into M3 because I've got the resas more or less ready to go until some new stuff comes out. So I've Interesting. been building and painting some Neverborn just for a change and I'm wanting to try and run some demos in a new store. We've got local, or a new store to me locally, um, so I want some other crews ready to go. And I think Neverborn, especially um, like the Teddy and stuff like that, is so iconic and that Malifaux sort of interest. Yeah, I don't. You can't get any more Malifaux than Neverborn. Um, I think it's one of those. Uh, I think it's the faction that defines it that makes it truly unique. So I've got to know what are the two masters you're going to uh, dive into hard uh, starting Neverborn. Oh, that's hard to say. I've been loving Dreamer. Um, I've obviously been loving Zerada, but that's the tournament player in me. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm really actually excited about Euripides. Um, I'm not sure how competitive he'll be. Um, I think there's a few bits on his card that probably needed a bit of work before he was ready to print. But as a, as a theme, he's really cool. And uh, the way that his crew manipulates the deck and being able to uh, cheat using the top card of your discard pile is really, really cool. 
Um, I also think Nakima's got some real legs, and the grow mechanic looks like it really works. That's that's great news for all of the Neverborn players out there. Um, but let's get back to uh, kind of our subject at hand. Um, I want to focus on Karai and, of course, the Yurami crew. And uh, I'm going to ask Jamie to dig deep into how he builds the crew, how he plays them, and what he sees as the best paths to victory when considering the opponent and the scheme and strategy pool. So, Jamie, can you kind of give us an idea, you know, what an overview on Karai looks like? Absolutely. So, Karai, I guess she works a little bit like she did in M2E. Um, she's, she herself, I think, is a bit more aggressive this edition because she she won't be doing as much summoning. Um, mm-hmm. She's probably more fragile than she was, but that comes, comes back around when there's a lot of healing in her crew and in the faction. So she can survive a lot more than your opponent thinks she can. Um, she's She's got some interesting abilities uh she's got some great actions on the back of her card you're never going to be short of something to do with her whether that's up close at range whether that's summoning or healing and helping the crew she's got again a bit like alba she's got a lot going on now when you say that she's a kind of out, out in front a little bit so before you would spend with in second edition it wasn't that odd to have cry really backfield no absolutely but she's um yeah she i, th- I think she plays a lot more aggressive uh, in M3, maybe not up front, but she will certainly not be too far away from the action. I think she's going to be using a lot of her time um, using the Spirit Barrage ability, um, which is 12-inch range, 2-3-4 damage attack. Um, so she wants to be within 12 inches of most of your opponent's crew so that she can put that to good use because when when she's summoning, she's got that once-per-turn limit on it unless it's a curio, so she needs to be doing something else with her AP. Yeah, she does seem to play a lot different um, than in two. I mean, it wasn't out of the out of the realm, Jamie, to see her spend at least the first couple terms in the backfield, you know, doing some summoning shenanigans. But what you're saying is that uh, that's not really the case, that she's playing a little bit forward in the field? Yeah, I mean, she's not, don't get me wrong, she's not right up the front, but she she's in a more aggressive position. I think her crew plays more aggressively. She doesn't have the movement tricks in herself that she used to have in M2E, but her crew can be quite mobile and quite aggressive, and she wants to be somewhere where she's got a good view of the board so she can see models to keep her adversary on with her hatred ability so that she can use her spirit barrage to finish models off and get the incidental summoning from it. So she wants she wants to be probably behind the rest of her crew, but still but in a more forward position than she, maybe she was in M2E. And do you think, uh, is that a function of just, you know, a change in her range or a change in how she plays? Um, w- what pushed her up the field? I think it's mostly not being able to use three AP to summon um, mm. and the the loss of Swell Spirits. So Swell Spirits gave her the ability to influence the board from quite a way away, whereas now she wants to influence the board by... Well, she's still influencing the board, but she's influencing the board in different ways. And I think she wants to be nearer her crew so she can uh, protect herself with protected Yurami. Um, she's got Life Leech as a really good defensive ability, so she doesn't really mind people getting a bit closer to her. And she's got her shears built onto her card now with an execute trigger, which is quite nice. So she's not as afraid to be up close as she was in the last edition. How does that defensive trigger work? Uh, so it's not a defensive trigger, it's just protected your army. So uh, it's discard a card to change the target of a enemy attack action to a friendly Yurami model within two inches. Nice. Yeah, I think uh, we did a uh, deep dive on Marcus with uh, Steven, and uh, I think Marcus has the same thing for uh, beasts. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And obviously, you know, positioning will matter, but um, that is, that's a frustrating ability. <laughs> Unless you're playing Cry, then, uh, then it's great. It is and it isn't. It's if you can get enough hits onto it, it's very, very hard to maintain. Yeah, yeah. It's funny when you read a card. It you, you always think that you always have cards when you're playing. Yeah. No, right? you super don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, in in the game, suddenly you don't have a full hand of cards and full of uh, ones that you're happy to ditch for that ability. Yeah. Um, what um, now? Do, do you think she's more dependent on the rest of the crew to? Um, you know, to stay on the board um, it, or, you know, because you, you kind of hinted that, you know, they help with her mobility now. They help her survive better now. Um, I'm getting a sense that um, she she really leans hard on the rest of that crew. Yeah. I mean, the rest of the crew is what makes it, what makes it work. Kira on her own is good, 
but the the crew really just brings brings it all together. She her crew's definitely not as expendable as it was in M two E, and that's partly due to a change in summoning. But it's it's the the stuff that the crew brings is excellent. Like you've got some really really strong choices in the crew, especially her totem. Um, she's yeah the the crew the crew's really integral to her. I'm anxious to hear about the totem, but before we do that, can you kind of walk us through because her summoning is pretty unique um, and uh, kind of mechanically how that summoning works and um, you know how it hurts her. Yeah, absolutely. So she's got a summon action on the back of her card called Blood and Wind, same as it was before. Um, so once per turn, she can name a Yurami minion. And then the TN of the action is 10 crows plus the cost of the main model. But she's got a stat 7 this time, so it's slightly easier to bring in some of those higher cost models. And then she can summon the name model anywhere within 6 inches of her and attach the Vengeance upgrade to it. Um, so the Vengeance upgrade gives the model slow. Um, it also means that every time it activates, Kirai suffers one irreducible damage. So they're going to be hurting her as they activate. You've got to keep an eye on how many you've got on the board. Obviously, that's going to be a maximum of five, but if all five of those are alive, that's five damage per turn to Kirai. Um, it does also give them all a built-in crow to their final dual totals of their melee actions, and her summons um, all have the... I'm trying to remember the name of the ability now. The Feast of Vengeance... Um, trigger which is after killing an enemy model a friendly leader heals one two three and actually it's not just enemy models it's after killing a friendly leader heals one two three so they can help top her up again do you have you found yourself killing friendly models to make sure that that happens and to keep the amount of summons uh under control i I actually haven't and that's that's why i literally just looked at it went oh it's not not just enemy Mm -hmm. (laughs) but no um I, I think you're you're not actually getting that many on the board, and the ones you are getting, you're sort of cruise missiling forward. And if you're if you're in a position where you've got two on the board, you're probably not summoning another one. Oh, I see what you're saying. So instead of just you're automatically summoning every turn, you might be in a situation where you say, you know what, two's good, and you know that drawback's there. And I would imagine, Jamie, that uh, you know if an opponent out there is going, well, boy, if I can keep this model alive, then it's going to hurt Karai. You're not too bent out of shape if they let that happen no exactly and you you, you pick your summons so i don't think you're summoning the small models with kirai because it's it's doing too much damage to her so you're summoning the big ones the ones they can't ignore and the ones if they do ignore that it's going to cause them a world of pain right that makes sense now of course we have to talk about her totem um how how does that totem play now in three Akirio is amazing. So it's probably important to mention Vengeance while we're mm-hmm. talking about Kirai and the Arami. So they've all got the Vengeance ability on the front of their card, which means after resolving an action that targeted and damaged them, um, the attacking model suffers plus one damage. So that's anywhere on the board, they're going to suffer plus one damage. So it is pretty tasty. If you're being hit by your opponent, then they're getting hurt back, which is always nice. But you going back to what you were saying uh, we have Akirio. So she is Vengeance 1 again. She's Terrifying 11, Incorporeal. She's quite quick, move 6 this time, as opposed to her pitiful movement in wow. the last position. She's still still rubbish defense, defense 3, but she has got 6 wounds this time. Um, she has another ability on the front of her card called Kirai's Soul, um, and that means that she can be summoned by the Blood and Wind action as if she were a minion. And if she's summoned in this way, she does not attach the Vengeance upgrade mm. and ignores Kirai's once per turn use of that action. So Akirio, you can keep bringing back. She's not doing Kirai damage. She's not gaining slow. She's a very, very solid piece. Um, probably the biggest shout from Akirio is her main attack, which is a one-inch stat six with the Feast of Vengeance built in already. Um, and it's target suffers two, three, four irreducible damage. Oh. And if if the target is killed, this model heals two. Irreducible damage is so powerful in M3. So that straight away puts Akira in a really, really great spot. She's got a puncture trigger, she's got an onslaught trigger, and then she's got that built-in Feast of Vengeance, a great, great utility piece that you can keep bringing back over and over again. Um, she does have a range attack, range 10, projected voice, two, three blast, four blast, pretty solid. And then she's got shrug off to end a condition on her by discarding card. 
a really, really solid model for free as well. Yeah, and how many wounds is she? Six wounds incorporeal, terrifying eleven. It's not bad. No, it's not bad. Not There's bad. plenty of healing in the crew. Yeah, and the that um, terrifying, of course, is nothing compared to what it used to be. Um, it's it's a much better defensive. Oh, uh, so good. In, yeah. in, in two. Yeah. Um, it puts so much pressure on, on your hand. Um, and I didn't realize that until I started playing Seamus in three. Yeah. Um, terrifying. Just Super how much good. pressure. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Now in, if I remember correctly in two, um, she would pop up if you hurt Karai is, is now the only way to get, um, her on the board is, is the summon. Yeah. Well, you're, you're getting her at the start of the game. Um, because she's your totem. And then if she dies, which you want her to do, uh, which we'll go into later, um, then you can summon her back in. Got it. Now, how about offensively? Other than, you know, obviously summoning some dangerous models, um, does Karai have some offense on her own? She does, yeah. So she's got the Spirit Barrage attack, um, which is 12-inch range, stat 6, targeting willpower. Uh, It's 2-3-4 damage, so pretty moderate damage track. It is ignoring friendly fire. Um, she's got some cool triggers on it. Um, she can give out adversary. Uh, she's got a coordinated attack on it, which is awesome if a Kyrio is nearby. Mm-hmm. And then she has a trigger for enemies only. After killing, she can summon a Gaki with slow into base contact with the target. So the important thing to notice there is it doesn't come in with the vengeful spirit upgrade. So that is a great way to get more models on the board without using her upgrades and damaging her. That that's very neat. Um, how how is she supporting the crew? Um, other than obviously bringing him on the board, and, and we already talked about how you know the crew is supporting her. Um, is there anything that she's doing that makes the crew better? So she's got a couple of actions. The main thing, in my opinion, she does is on the front of her card, but on the back of her card, she's got Soothe Spirit, um, which is a friendly Yurami heals one two three with a trigger to give shielded or a trigger to give focus. It's a solid heal. Um, she's got I've Got Your Back if something's in the wrong place, but she generally doesn't use that very much. Um, the main thing she's got is a hatred ability on the front of her card, which is when the adversary Yurami condition would end on an enemy model within line of sight, she can suffer one damage. If she does so, the condition does not end. Oh, that's interesting. So the, the crew doesn't have a lot of card draw, doesn't have a lot of ways to get resources, but you can have adversary on key models and you can keep it there. And this crew puts out adversary really easily. Now, how often in a five, you know, in a typical five turns, how often are you taking advantage of that and taking that damage? Uh, probably, probably once turn one, if I can get it on there, uh-huh. I'll probably keep it on a couple of models. Turn two, I'll, I'll probably use it four or five times across the game to, to make sure I can kill those models that I need to the next turn. Well, wow. With that coupled with, you know, the damage you're taking from activated summons, um, we're definitely going to have to learn how you uh, keep her on the board. So let's take a quick break, Jamie. When we get back, I want to talk about, um, you know, how this crew is making sure that Karai doesn't die. Um, so let's talk about, you know, some of the core models that um, are making up your Yorami crew. So we'll be right back. Howdy friends, Craig here. With 3rd edition Malifaux released, it's time for you to get a new mat with new deployment zones. We've tried every mat in the business and nobody has better quality and selection than mats by Mars. They're waterproof and they roll and unroll easily and they're even wet erase Marco compatible. They offer over 35 designs and let you add M3E overlays for making deployment and positioning a breeze. Check them out at matsbymars.com. They are offering a sweet discount for our listeners. After you found the perfect mat, use the promo code THIRDFLOOR to get 10% off your entire order. If you really want to support us in the notes of your order, request that our logo be put in the corner of your mat. It's the only way to make the best mat in the business even cooler. Again, that's Matt by Mars. Use the promo code THIRDFLOOR to get a 10% discount. Details are in the show notes. So I think we, you know, just like a lot of other masters we're seeing in three, you know, Karai does not play like she did in second edition, but boy, you know, the way that Jamie, you're talking about her, it sounds like she still feels like Karai, even though she mechanically is different. I want to learn a lot more though about the crew, because I'm, I'm getting the feeling that unlike say a McMorning, which can, who can kind of run on his own and uh, a Seamus who can run on his own. Um, it sounds to me like the crew is a critical piece uh, for her. So uh, what are some of the key, you know, core models? 
roles that you find yourself always bringing in um, when you play an Arami crew? Um, so if we put it into um, the category of must take, so obviously you've got a Kiri anyway, that Subaru I think you're going to take every single time. She is a solid, solid model. Mm-hmm. Um, she's again got the vengeance ability, terrifying 12, which is awesome. The other thing to remember with these terrifying models is that they're great targets for protected Yurami because if you're pushing the attack from Kirai onto them, then forcing a terrifying jewel your opponent wasn't expecting. Right. Um, Daxiba's also got Lantern of Souls, which is amazing. Um, it's enemy models within five inches ignore their demise abilities always useful there are some really really gross demise abilities in the game at the moment yeah and, and we one, one thing that i learned um in the episode with uh out um with uh drake is that uh that's a great anti-mccabe technology yes it is and Rezzers have got a couple of models with it so they're in a great place to stop those demise abilities it's levy as well is it amazing um yep. jackdaws guilty and montresor there's some really really key models that you can shut down completely with ignoring demise abilities so who else is making it into the crew who's doing damage other, other than her totem so you're taking Dasiba for damage um she's got a lucky knife which is melee seven two three four which is quite nice mm-hmm. mostly you're taking her for way sins um so it's eight inch range stat six versus willpower two three five damage and if they have adversary the attack receives a plus to its damage flip so oh, nice. that'll be a plus to attack and plus to damage um, it's got a trigger to give adversary if they don't already have it. And then it's got the wrongfully adjudged trigger, which is after killing, summon an Onrio with slow into base contact with the target. Again, another incidental summon that's not putting out that upgrade. And Onrio are amazing in M3E. Well, tell me about them. So, Onrio, five stone minions. So, you don't expect a huge amount from a Firestone minion. It's incorporeal. It's got Vengeance 1. It's got Demise Haunt, which is a key ability you see on the Onrio and the Goryo. So after this model is killed, enemy models within two gain adversary. Mm. So really, really quick way to get adversary out is to cruise missile one of these models in. Um, Kirai, or one, if, if your opponent's not taking the bait, you can even kill them yourselves just to put that um, adversary out in a bubble and then Kirai can make sure it stays on there. Yeah, and I think what's important about that adversary to point out to Jamie is um, that really helps with the card pressure um, that you're having. Absolutely, um, it uh, it's and it's easy to underestimate. You know, having those positives can be. Yeah, it's adversary is an amazing ability, and and it's it really takes the crew up another notch. Um, the Onrio and the Goyo both share the Mark of Vengeance bonus action, which is a ten inch range targeting willpower at stat five in this case it's until the end phase the target cannot heal oh that's nice that's a great ability again there's some key models that you're really really going to hurt with that it's not a condition so once it's on there there's nothing they can do about it until the end of the turn and then they it has the built-in trigger to give adversary so again another way for this model to give adversary and it's a bonus action at 10 inch range so 20 inch threat range on that um, it's got, I'm sorry, Jamie, and that's, 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 that's an ability to kind of to your point where, you know, you may go three, four games, three or four different, you know, opposing masters and it means nothing. And in the right matchup, it could be devastating. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That, that time it comes up against uh, Jack Door or, or, um, something in a Yan Lo crew. Uh, there's just loads and loads of options for it. Um, the, and the, the Onrio for five stones, to be honest, it's got some pretty decent combat attacks and it attack, uh, range attack. It's got Sharp Claws, which is one-inch range, stat five, two, three, four, with Puncture and Feast of Vengeance. And then it's got Projected Voice, 10-inch range, two, three, two, three blast, four blast, with a trigger to give uh, Distracted to models damaged by it. Solid. Five Soul Stones. Absolutely solid model. And, and we learned how you know they can be summoned, incidentally, by Datsuba. Are you hiring them as well? Yeah, I, to be honest, generally hire two of them. Uh, it's wow. a great way to get adversary out. There's some range threat in there as well. Um, they're just solid models. I don't see why you wouldn't take them. Now, are you hiring any other damage output, um, or do you find yourself summoning your damage output? Um, I will occasionally hire um, Jakuna as well. And actually, to be fair, I say occasionally. Jakuna is quite a common hire, and she's got some sideways damage output. Um, she's... Serene Countenance with Vengeance and Incorporeal, mm-hmm. so she's quite hard to deal with. Um, she's Tormented, which means if she's attacking enemy models with upgrades, she does get a little bit of card draw for you. Um, the main reason you're taking her is for her Drowning Aura, which is a three-inch hazardous terrain. 
um, the damage that a, a three-inch hazardous terrain or in the middle of your crew can put out is not to be underestimated. If you haven't had it happen to you, if you hadn't been stuck with a model that does that and it takes up a lot of space and is quite hard to deal with, you have no idea how much trouble it causes. Well, and she's on a 50 mil base. She is on a 50 mil base. She's incorporeal, so she can move through stuff. There's plenty of ways in the Rami crew to move her out of her activation mm-hmm. as well. So if she's not in the right position, you can make her move her into the right position. And actually, at that point, if your opponent's activating, doing a bonus action and then two other actions, that's three damage straight away from just standing sure. there. And Jakuna's got a lure, she's got an all right melee attack, she's got a, a decent range attack. Like she's a solid model anyway. So that's a that's a really nice bit of damage. And then you've got Vengeance as well, another tick of damage. There's just little ticks of damage coming in with Jakuna as well. Yeah, I've been looking at her mostly, you know, in the frame of of uh Jack, uh Jack Daw, but uh boy, it sounds like she definitely has a place here too. Yeah, she's she's just as solid in Urami as she is in Tormented. And you'd, you'd hire her in both quite quite often. How about other common hires? Um, you've got the Goyo. You take, I mean, I generally summon the Goyo rather than hire mm-hmm. them, but that's just because Kirai's got so many good hires. And generally you want to summon those big models in because you want to keep them around and you don't want to be summoning too much. Um, so Shikomi are quite a nice hire. Um, they're a great scheme runner or anti-scheme runner. They can run up the flanks, take models off. They've got a severe damage six with a puncher trigger. Um, so it's quite easy for them to get that if you can get a decent uh, ram in your hand and your opponent won't cheat generally for a soul, uh, for a scheme runner and you can just take them off. And then if you do manage to kill a model with them, they then gain the adaptive ability from their upgrade, which, again, is just making them even more reliable at doing that. Um, Francis, I think you'd take most of the time for just a utility piece, and he's probably one of the key pieces that's keeping Kirai alive. So he is five soul stones. Uh, he's got vengeance. He's, he himself has protected Yurami as well, which is quite nice. He's, again, got that demise haunt ability, so if he does get killed, he's popping out adversary on everything within two inches. He's got the ever-amazing by your side, which you don't use as often with him, but it can help him keep up with those key models that he wants to be helping. And in a pinch, he can be a scheme runner. Um, He's got Soothe Spirit, so a great way to keep Kirai alive. This heals one, two, three. Um, It can got a couple of interesting triggers on it, one that can give fast out and one that can remove scheme score. Where are my words today? (laughs) Uh, Scheme, corpse, and scrap markers within two of the target. He's got Dispel Magic to end conditions um, with a trigger to give adversary if you're, for some reason, ending a condition on an enemy model. So, solid model for five soul stones, keeping Kurai alive. Even if all he does with his turn is just soothe spirit on her twice, he has been worthwhile. Yeah, I bet. And uh, it sounds like he's got some nice versatility, too. Yeah, I mean, he's condition removal and healing. It's great. I mean, you can take him, if you're really, really worried about it or you're planning on doing some real damage to Kirai, you can take a bone pile as well. Um, as we know, I love bone piles. <laughs> yeah, you sold me on them uh, after the uh, after the Albus episode. Yeah, I think they're, they're, they're super solid. Just because that heal and that condition removal is a bonus action, it just frees up the rest of their actions to actually be a model at the same time, which is something you don't always get with those condition removal models. Yeah. And you think that, um, you know, when you see the, uh, you know, the fact that they have to take damage to heal, um, it, I think it's, on, again, on paper, it feels uh, oppressive, but it, it doesn't feel oppressive on the table. No, absolutely not. And it's really, really easy to, considering your actions are free because your heal and condition removal is a bonus action, it's really, really easy to orchestrate them being near a corpse marker at the end of their one of their actions to heal to. Which covers, you know, two heals. So that's perfect. Yeah. Um, so that's Bone Pile, which of course are versatile. Is there any out of keyword or other versatile models that are always making it in? Um, to be honest, no, not really. Uh, there are stuff you could take. I just don't think you would. I think that the amount of adversary you're putting out with the crew, you want to keep it in keyword. You want to be taking the maximum advantage of that you can. You want to be taking advantage of the Feast of Vengeance trigger that is common across her keyword to keep her topped up on health. Um, the other model that's probably worth mentioning is the Seishin. Oh, yeah. So Seishin are, to be honest, a real struggle to summon because they are two soul stones and 
mindless and would get that upgrade. So I don't think you're ever summoning them, but you would hire them, and you probably will hire at least one or two, maybe even three. Um, they're, they've got the spiritual healing ability on the front of their card, which means a friendly Yurami model that activates within two heals one. Again, oh, nice. really useful for Kirai. They have a action on the back of their card, which is 8-inch range. Needs a 7 to go off, but target friendly Yurami may take a walk action. Mm. Brilliant. Yeah, some extra movement from a 2 soulstone model, mostly taking it for that heal and the movement. Um, the rest of its card is pretty underwhelming, but it's worth it. Yeah, well, at 2 stones, you can only ask so much, right? Yeah, and again, it's another thing you can pass off attacks onto with Protected Yurami, and when they do die, they've got Demise Expendable 1, so you get to draw a card. Nice. And how about uh, some help? Do we see um, Karai hiring any masters? Oh, um, no. I mean, yes, you would hire Molly because the card draw would help Kirai so, so, so much. But um, again, I, I still stand stoic in the uh, not wanting to hire a master. Um, the very, very first M3 event we did um, in the UK was uh, I ran Kirai for because it was a fixed master. And I played one game where I took a second master, which was Seamus to be a scheme runner. And he basically won me that game. Nice. And at that point, I was just like, this is just, this is, that's, that was, I declared Kirai. I took Seamus, who's completely out of theme. It's just not a good feeling. I don't feel good about that win. My opponent doesn't feel good about that game. Not doing it anymore. Um, and yeah, so it's, uh, you could do, I think if you were going to, you take Molly for the card draw, because I think that's going to help Kirai the most. But I think, again, that sticking with the, you want the vengeance for the pinks of damage, you want to take advantage of the adversary and you want to be taking advantage of the Feast of Vengeance. I think you're sticking mostly in keyword with her. Yeah, I'm, I really am um, falling in love, um, even out of faction with these crews that, um, you know, it's not just the tax that keeps you in faction. It's the, you know, the, synergy. the, the multiplier of their abilities. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, why do I want to hire something that's not going to take advantage of the fact that everything has adversary? Um, and I don't know. I, I like that. I like how that feels. Um, and, it, you know, for some crews, I think, uh, you know, Seamus doesn't depend on that as much. Uh, I mean, I'm not even sure Reva does either. Um uh, within this faction, but uh, it, it makes me happy that Karai um, really wants to stay in faction the same way that um, a couple of our other masters do as well. Yeah, we've got some really good masters for that. I mean, Jack's really, really a good example of that again as well. I completely agree. Completely agree. All right. So we're going to kind of take this from, you know, core to the full 50 stones. Um, so we'll take a break here, Jamie. And when we get back, I want to talk about really what strategies do you see Karai excelling in? And uh, I want to know what your dream pool is. So we'll be right back. Howdy folks, Craig here. Now if you love gadgets as much as we do, you're going to love the new Third Floor Wars Gadget Bundle from Schooner Labs. Branded with the logo of your favorite podcast, it comes with two measuring multi-tools, a compass stepper for those tight and important movements, along with a compact dashboard to track your turn, strat, and scheme scoring along with your soul stones and pass tokens. It is the perfect bundle for anyone who plays Malifaux or just wants to look cool while doing it. The link is in the show notes. Check them out and help support your favorite gaming podcast. Okay, so now we've got a good idea of, you know, how, you know, Jamie is, you know, building the core. Uh, I think it was really interesting to understand what models uh, he was hiring versus summoning. And I think one of the big takeaways is um, hiring small and, and summoning big because of that uh, damage tax that comes with your summons. But uh, Jamie, I want to get an idea, you know, of the four strategies, plan, explosives, turf war, corrupted idols, reckoning, which one do you think she's best in? Um, she's, she's a bit of an all-rounder, um, more, pr probably even more so than Albus is, but I think Reckoning is one of her better ones. She's got a very aggressive crew that can put out a lot of reliable damage. Um, it also hurts your opponent to be attacking them. So it's, it's costing them resources in terrifying jewels. They're doing less damage because of incorporeal. They're taking damage back because of vengeance. If you can get Jakuna in there, 
they're taking damage through the hazardous terrain as well. Um, so it can make it a really hard crew to get reckoning off. And again, you can build a crew. She's got plenty of tanky models. She's got plenty of terrifying. She's got plenty of high wound, hard to deal with models. So you just stop, you don't hire as many of the small models. You build a reckoning crew with her and you can again, keep that very in keyword. Yeah. And I would imagine Jamie that, you know, the abilities that are softening the opponent over time are really setting you up to be able to potentially score the third and fourth point reckoning, which can be really hard to do. Yeah, they're doing a lot, actually. So they're, they're setting you up for that. They're also setting you up perfectly for these incidental summons off of Kirai and Datsuba as well and making it a big, big swing when things start to go down. Mm-hmm. So in a Reckoning pool, is, are there some schemes that you you know really like to have in that same pool with her? Kirai, Kirai's got, with, across her keywords, she's got a lot of different models that can do a lot of different things. So she she can approach most of the schemes fairly confidently. Um, she likes to she doesn't really want to stretch the crew out a million miles away from her. She's got models that can reach out. I think the Shikome is probably the safest one too. But Gaki are pretty solid for four soul stones. They've got a five inch move, vengeance, and incorporeal, so they can just run across the board. But she more wants to keep things fairly close together, where all the models can support each other. She's got the ability for her other models to move them around with their guide spirit ability. She can heal them. So I think she likes the ones that play around where her crew wants to be in the center of the board almost. Uh, we talked about Shikome a little bit. Is, is there other, who else is dropping scheme markers and flipping turf turf markers for you um, other than the Shikome? Henri are pretty good for it. Um, uh-huh. Again, you're taking them for five cell stones. They're both, then it's not going to get in the way of their main function for me, which is putting the adversary out. Um, they've got a range attack as well, so they're perfectly happy to hang back turn one and do the turf markers. And they are fairly, fairly quick. They're incorporeal move five, so they're going to move fairly quickly up the board because they ignore the terrain in the way. So they can go and place ski markers where they need to. Can you get, give me a feel of your typical turn one with her? Um, I, I'd like to know, you know, maybe even turn one and turn two, how is she spending her three actions and her bonus action? Okay, so the main the main trick has, isn't actually a Kirai. The main trick is a Kirio, and I'm going to hate myself for this, but I think I've, I've said it elsewhere anyway. But you want to the turn one is about setting a Kirio up to kill something and die. Um, so you want a Kirio. Ideally, you would like to activate a Kirio before Kirai, um, if you can with Francis. Um, if you've got a crow of five or more in your hand to target Akirio with uh, Soothe Spirit with Burnout to give her fast. Um, and then you can push her up the board with Seishin or Datsuba. At that point, Akirio just steamrollers into something and starts hitting it for irreducible damage. Um, it's great for Masters. Uh, it's great for Henchmen. It's mm-hmm. great for anything with armor, anything with horrible, weird, defensive damage reduction tech. Um, and then... You just have her in the middle of your opponent's crew, a bit like you were talking about with Alex, that speed bump um, yep. that your opponent needs to deal with. Um, and then if a Kirio dies, you can summon her back with Kirai and have another go with her. Again, just so a Kirai can then summon her six inches further forward and a Kirio can activate again because it's a new model. The, the whole game with Kirai is, ba- Kirai is basically summoning a Goryo or a Shikome or something with one of AP, but the rest of the game is getting as many activations with a Kirio as you can in the game. God, that's nasty if you can get two in a same turn. You're looking you're looking for two a turn. If you've got two a turn, you're playing at peak with Kirai um, because the irreducible damage is phenomenal. If you can get a cheeky fast on there from Francis as well, you're getting more. If you can get her in there and have spirit barrage with coordinated attack for extra attacks. There's there's a lot. It's all about that irreducible damage from a Kirio. And there's no safety if your opponent kills her. I've actually many, many times killed a Kirio myself to get another activation out of her. Yeah, it, it would it would be worth it because you get so many va- so much value out of her uh, AP. Exactly. You you turn one, you get uh, adversary on your opponent's key beta or your opponent's master. You can keep it there with Kirai. There's and then Akirio just goes over and over again until it's gone. Akirio is a really key piece to this crew. Everything else can sort of work in tandem, but Kirai's activation is about topping up with a big model like a Goyo or Shikome, and then getting that Akirio train going. And if and ideally two activations a turn, and that is that is when this crew is playing at its best. 
And boy, does that got to be frustrating and demoralizing for your opponent just to kill her, bring her back, kill her, bring her back. And, you know, the the decision of knowing if I do kill her and Karai has not activated yet, I'm going to literally see her again even before the end of this turn. Well, that's it. You put yourself in a position where you either deal with Akirio and she's coming back or you don't and she is in your way. She is a 50 mil model. She's going to be engaging you. Um, she's going to be where you want to be. I can move her around if you do disengage from her. And if you stay in combat with her, and choose not to deal with her, and then Kirai can activate and just start using coordinated attack to get her attack to attack again. Like if if you're not going to kill a Kirio and it's better, or it's more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> uh, it's more economical. Let's go with to have a Kirio attack through coordinated attack than to kill her yourself. Because I mean, if I've got a Kirio into your master with adversary on your master, I will happily spend three soul stones for a coordinated attack to get a Kirio to attack three more times and kill you. This is probably going to sound embarrassing, um, but I have no shame when it comes to the quality of uh, how I perform on the table. But I honestly had not thought about how you really should focus on masters and henchmen when you have when you're dealing irreducible damage, which I know sounds really silly. But it, it, when you said it, a, a light bulb went off that uh, I've always just thought, you know, yeah, irreducible is great for a lot of things. But focusing on the masters and henchmen when you have that damage is a big deal. Yeah, there's, there's, there is almost no way around it unless they've got a um, resistability or a protected ability. They, they don't yeah. have an answer to it. You, they can't soul stone it. They can't. They no, shielded doesn't work. Armor doesn't work. It's just scary. And if you've got, if you're facing an, a master that does have those things, then you could still send her in and just force those resources out, or you go yeah. after their henchmen. You go after their big beater. Yeah, that's strong. That's strong. I, like I said, it sounds silly, but I just had never really thought about you know getting the max value out of that um, out of that uh, irreducible damage. That's good. Um, all right, Jimmy. Um, let's take another quick break, and when we get back, I want to talk about two things. I want to talk about um, how you play against her. Um, just like uh, with um, the Albus episode, you and I did. You know, we, we get this far into the episode, and it sounds like she's just unstoppable. <laughs> uh, but uh, revealing some of the weaknesses, I think, will be helpful for uh, those out there that both play her and play against her. But I also want to talk about some second level play when it comes to Karai. So we'll be right back. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay. Um, sometimes when you, you know, you do a deep dive on a master and a crew, um, they sound just uh, impenetrable. Um, but uh, we know that that's not the case. So, Jamie, if I'm playing Karai, what do I need to watch out for? What am I afraid of? Or if I'm playing against Karai, um, what do I need to consider um, when I'm building my crew? So it's you can more or less play against Kirai with whatever crew you're putting on the table. Um, it's not a case of having to approach her in a different way. Um, mm -hmm. If you've got ruthless models, that's going to help you. Um, if you've got models with 
um, access to shielded, easy access to shielded to, to overcome that vengeance. Um, healing's always useful because you're going to be taking little plinks of damage. Cruise of regen is going to help. Um, but mostly it's the way you, um, the way you act on the board. So don't, don't charge into a model and take two hits. Focus and then charge it. Um, mm. you're often going to be facing terrifying. You're, always almost almost always going to be facing incorporeal and vengeance so you don't want to be doing two hits you want to be doing one big hit to minimize the impact of the one damage they suffer less from incorporeal and the one damage you suffer from vengeance and there's a from a hand pressure standpoint jamie there's a there's a multiplier with that approach isn't there because if i go in and i do two attacks with terrifying i'm looking at two potential cheats to make him hit um and two potential cheats um to get through the the terrifying, I like that advice. Where I, if I focus, I'm really consolidating the pressure that I already have against me. Yeah, and there's there's so many layers to it because it is that it will affect terrifying where that's relevant on the models. It will affect incorporeal and it will affect vengeance. Yeah. So there's no there's no reason not to do it. You're always going to be better to focus and attack against almost all of our models. Um, putting pressure on Karai is always good in the crew. Um, it's she's if you're close to her, she's healing. Um, when you activate and you're suffering one damage, which again is another plink of damage, she's damaging you with vengeance as well. And there is plenty of healing in the crew, but her defending herself with protected Urami is very, very card intensive and she can't really afford it. Mm-hmm. I think for me, you, you pick you pick your models. I think if you can deal with a Kirio any other way than killing her, you're probably in a good place. Um, distracted isn't great because adversary normally counteracts that, but um if you can slow her stagger her just get her away stun her do anything you can just to to minimize the impact and then you can leave her alone because you don't want to be killing a kirio um and your opponent will be trying to force you to kill a kirio or make your life really hard by not doing so francis is a great one to kill because he is doing a lot of healing if you're going for kirai you probably want to kill francis first Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's probably the, the best advice i can give now, it, it, this is very specialized, but um, I would think um, burying uh, a curio would be good, um, getting her off the board, um, and also maybe preventing the Karai player from killing her to get that second activation. Yeah, um, potentially depending on where your unbury specifies yeah, she ends up, um, because yep. you may or may not be doing yourself any favors with that. Um, certainly for getting her out of your way, yes. Um, but if she, it, it, it depends where she's going to come back up as to how helpful that is because she can still come up, activate. I mean, I mean she's got a range 10 attack, so she can come up, do that twice, and then you could your opponent could then look at trying to kill Ikirio themselves. I could definitely see that. I can definitely see that. Um, all right, so I'm going to... Kind of blow your horn, stroke your ego a little bit here, Jamie, um, and plug your podcast at the same time. So probably the thing that I liked the most about your podcast um, is I think that you have a very unique ability to find um, hidden things about models and crews and masters. Um, and I think the Nicodem thing was a good example of that. Um, and one of the things I always you know, tried to pick up from you was um, what were things that you don't see? You know, when you read the cards, what are those things that you don't see when you play uh, a model or a crew one or two or three times? Um, what is something that comes uh, really at the second level of play? And you did a great job with that when we talked about uh, Albus. Um, so I'd like to know, you know, with, you know, 10 or 15 games under your belt, what are you going to see in a Karai crew that you maybe didn't see at the beginning? Um, the the Akirio thing we've discussed at length is probably one of the main things. Um, that I picked up with after playing some games with her and actually how you could use that ability, that summon, the way she interacts with your eyes summon to have multiple activations. Um, it's it's about actually, you, you're not fussed about taking hits. You're just letting that, that vengeance plink off. You're taking less damage because of incorporeal. They're taking damage as they hit you. And then mm-hmm. you're using to finish and then summon a model on top. Um, and it's that trade again, trading models, which is always great. Um, so Kirai can do it. Datsuba can do it. And there's, there's models in your crew that you want your opponent to kill. You want them to kill a Kirio because they're taking damage as they do it. And you can bring her back. You want them to kill the Onryo and the Goyo because they're pulsing out those, 
um, that adversary when they die and they're doing damage as you're killing them. It's, it's, it's a little bit backwards. Um, but it's, you, you don't worry too much about your models dying, but you put them in a position where it's hard for your opponent to, um, to ignore the models that you want them to kill. Um, I said at the beginning that the, the crew is less uh, expendable, and it is to a degree, but you're less worried about those key models because the models you're putting in a position to die are there to die for a reason or are going to give right. you a benefit when they die, and the vengeance is going to help you as they're being killed. Yeah, I, I, I like that a lot. Um, I think that's excellent advice. Um, I have yet to play a game with her. I didn't have her built or ready in two, um, and I still don't have her built or ready here in three. Um, so this was very helpful, um, Jamie, and I appreciate it. So, Jamie, for those uh, that want to hear more from you outside of this podcast, where can they go? <laughs> well, not much has changed on the podcast front. There is chatter. <laughs> we've, we've been chatting. We've got Scottish GT um in the third week of july and we are talking about having to get together to do a podcast after that because it has been a long long time so you may find a podcast from us then we had big plans about doing lots of m3 content like you're doing but i think that's just not us we are uh tournament reports and i agree talking about our weird weekends away and i think that's probably where we're going to stay um so we will we're all going to we're all going up to Scottish GT, so we will probably do a podcast after that. I'm not going to guarantee it because every time I guarantee it, it never happens. So we will we will hopefully do one. Um, well, if if you don't, I'm telling you right now, I'm just going to invite all of you guys onto the show, and we'll do it here. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I'm sure they'd all come on. I'm sure they will all come on. Well, that's great. And um, what we'll do to also, James, I'll put your uh, your Twitter handle um, in the show notes so that uh, people can follow you on Twitter as well. Um, my friend, uh, another uh, great episode. And I appreciate you uh, taking the time uh, to join us. And uh, I'm going to probably uh, uh, lean on you again. Yeah, no worries. I'm happy to come on. Just let me know if you want me on for another master or anything else. That sounds great, my I'll friend. Take what, care. Maybe, um, maybe when I win Scottish GTA. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's that's a foregone conclusion, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> now, what'll be interesting, Jamie, is we're recording this, uh, you know, in mid June, but it may not come out till right around the time of the Scottish GT. So <laughs> people listening might actually know the answer, or there might be somebody right now driving to the Scottish GT hearing you say that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone would be surprised. I think I've got, I've that's got quite. <laughs> reputation of uh, being a little bit arrogant so i'd ride with it describe it that's exactly what it says on the tin <laughs> oh, that's funny it's not arrogance it's it's confidence jamie yeah well you got it you got to be haven't you <laughs> that's right all right everybody take care so long thanks for listening be sure to rate and write a review on this podcast so we can find more people almost as cool as you are Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube by searching for Third Floor Wars. That's T-H-I-R-D. We'll catch you next time on the Third Floor.